and we never walk into a business thinking we know what they need to help their company. We're there to ask questions, to listen, and then to suggest the programs and resources that one or more of our partners can provide. We're the conduit, we're the linkage between the company or the business and the programs and resources offered by 30 plus partners on our economic development lead team. That's Del Birch of the Erie Regional Chamber and Growth Partnership. He's joined by Kirsten Carfault as our newest guest on Transforming Small Business, a show that highlights small rural businesses in Erie County, Northwest Pennsylvania, and beyond. Join us as we discuss success stories, as well as the unique set of challenges these businesses and their leaders face every day. On today's podcast, you'll learn about some of the services offered by the Erie Regional Chamber and Growth Partnership, then hear Kristen talk about the significance of the Chamber's roadshows in Cory and throughout Erie County. And finally, hear Dell and Kristen both share their experiences as boomerangers who left NWPA early in their careers, only to happily return. Join host Tony Peyronel as he sits down with our guests. Welcome to this episode of Transforming Small Business. For our second episode, we have two special guests from the Erie Regional Chamber and Growth Partnership, Kristen Carfault and Dell Birch. Kristen is the Director of Business Outreach, and Dell is a Business Outreach Specialist. The Chamber is one of more than 30 partners working with Impact Corey on the Small Business Transformation Project, of which this podcast proudly is a part. We'll be talking more about that shortly, but I want to welcome Kristen and Dell both to the show. Thank you. Thank you. You're very welcome. Kristen, before we get into the specifics of the project that we're collaborating on, why don't you give our listeners an overview of the many ways the Erie Regional Chamber and Growth Partnership helps businesses in Erie County? I'd be happy to. Um, so in terms of our team, we're set up, I, I like to say departments instead of separate teams. So we have a business engagement uh, department, and then economic development. So between both sides of the house, we do provide a lot of resources. Um, so Dell and I are on the economic development side of the house. So when we're out there, we're providing resources to business owners um, that can help them with capital and finance, workforce needs, innovation, land and building, growth services. So really anything that they need to help uh, continue to operate and thrive in Erie County with their business. Um, a lot of times we will hear, though, that networking is a need mm -hmm. and people don't know where to start. Uh, the chamber team puts together, uh, the business engagement side more specifically, puts together a variety of events. So if you're an introvert, we might guide you to a particular kind of event, like our business in Brewskis, our speed networking. Um, plus, we have a business after hours, which just is just strict networking. And then connect for coffee. We kind of like to... Uh, say that it's pitch practice. Um, so if you want to get your two-minute elevator speech down, we have mm -hmm. we have that for you. Uh, so a variety of different things, and then our larger events throughout the year, like Erie Homecoming, um, our golf outing, and some of those others. So 
wide variety of opportunities right. for all. Right, right. I tell you, I don't think I'd be described as an introvert, but that <laughs> business in Brewski sounds good to me. That's that's for sure. And that really is a wide range of services and support. So uh, hypothetically, let's say I own a business in Erie County or I'm thinking about relocating one here. What's the best way for me to approach the chamber for help? Well, I would just say give the chamber a call um, or go to our website, which is eriepa.com, and just click through and select to schedule a visit, uh, a business outreach visit or a business retention and expansion visit, same thing, um, with Dell or me. Or, you know, we can direct you to the appropriate member of the team if it's something that's not directly in the um, business retention and expansion um, lane, I guess, if you will. Because sometimes people might call and they need help maybe with licensing or something, and then we can guide them directly to that resource and take care of that. That's kind of why I'm asking, because sometimes it's a situation where people just don't know where to go or the best way to get in the door. And sometimes people simply Google how to start a business in Erie County, and the chamber comes up, and they contact contact us oh. in that way too. Okay, that's cool. That that that's convenient. That's for sure. Now, one of the more interesting terms that I've heard that is associated with the chamber is the term road show. I like the sound of that. I thought it was cool. Let's talk a little bit about that part of your job, and let's let's make sure our listeners know how we're incorporating that into what we're doing right now in Corey, and then soon throughout rural Erie County. Sure. Um, well, I would be remiss if I did not give credit to our Vice President of Business Engagement, uh, Leslie Ridge Allen. Okay. This was her creation. Dell, correct me. I think it's been a couple years, maybe yes. two or three years. Um, so basically what a road show is, is going into a particular part of Erie County and spending a day, spending two days, visiting with businesses in that area. Um, We like to touch both small businesses or micro businesses, you Mm -hmm. know, that may be your retailers, restaurants, uh, less than 10 employees. But we also like the primary job creators uh, a lot of times, which is manufacturers or just any other large employers in that area. So it really allows us to be at company's back door and say, we will meet you in your mm-hmm. own neighborhood. Right. You do not have to drive to Erie and meet us at the chamber. Right. Um, that's the one great thing that we do on a regular basis. We like to be out meeting with companies at their place of business so we can see you know, what the situation is. Um, additionally, in terms of actually meeting with the businesses, we would do exactly what we would do during a business outreach visit and really find out what the needs are of the business owner and try to connect them to resource to address those needs. Could be opportunities, could be challenges. And our favorite question that we always ask, what is keeping you up at night? Right, right, right. I think that's funny you say that, Dell. I think one of our visits this week that came up and one of the clients turned to us and says, nothing keeps me up at night. Exactly. <laughs> Which is good. That's a, that's a, that's a good it's place. It's good. And we good occasionally get in. that. Right, right. <laughs> right, right, right. Nothing wrong with that answer. You're, we're, you're, uh, you're, we're happy to hear it. But uh, so doing these business to, 
doing these business visits together as, as uh, me representing Impact, Corey, and the two of you representing the chamber and kind of going as a team out to these uh, businesses. Again, we're starting in Corey. We'll expand out. But doing these visits together, it's been a great experience for me and I think a great opportunity for right now, we've been working exclusively with the small businesses, and I think it's been a great opportunity for them, and it will be for uh, the larger manufacturers and others too. But I'm interested what your reactions are to our work so far. Dell, let's start with you on this one, and then we'll have uh, Kristen share her thoughts. Well, doing visits and meeting with these business owners, are, it's really kind of fascinating because the one thing you can always say about a business owner is that he or she is always passionate about their business and always thinking about their business. So for us to come in and ask them, what keeps you up at night? Mm -hmm. What are some of your successes? What are some of the challenges? They're willing to talk about that. It's like pulling the string in the back of the, the old Chatty Cathy dolls right. for those of us who are old enough to remember the Chatty Cathy doll. <laughs> right. Because they're right. going to talk and they're going to tell you things. And we need to hear those things so that we can suggest programs and resources that are pertinent to them. But it's, it's really helpful that the outreach specialists have a high de- has a high degree of curiosity and interest in a wide spectrum of businesses. Uh, and I do, and I find right. it fascinating, right. whether it's a small retailer in downtown Cory or a major manufacturer in Cory or Northeast. Right. It's always fascinating to me. Right. It's interesting. We, we, when we were preparing for the podcast here, we were joking, we we're getting levels, and we're, when we're saying the three of us can be relatively loud, the three of us are relatively talkative. But that's a great point you made, Dell. People expect people, I think, in our positions, they expect us to be a little bit of an extrovert and and conversationalist. But I absolutely agree with you. I mean, the conversations are not, are not one way. You get these business owners talking about their business and, and they just go to town. Absolutely. Yes. Well, I will just add, um, and you touched on something important because we are all very talkative. <laughs> Um, But what's really important on the visits is to really use active listening and let the business owner get to the point, because sometimes they're nervous, uh, and just really open up. Because once they open up, the floodgates have opened and, you know, we're busy kind of intervening occasionally if we need another qualifying question, but we really are there to kind of hear from them because that gives a good picture. And I will say, I do remember when you and I were leaving the last visit I did with you and Corey, a couple mm-hmm. of other things were coming up right, right, literally right, as right, we're going right, out the door right, and right, I'm still writing. Right, right. So you just never know. Um, but yeah, the most important thing is we can leave with all the information that we need. So. Right, right. We, we sat through, I know what you're talking about, that meeting, we, you sit through an hour long meeting and you take all these notes and then we think we're heading to the door to go to the next meeting and we're running into all these other things that are very pertinent and uh, and relevant. Dell. Yeah, I just want to jump in. Kristen is right. You have to be an active listener 
and we never walk into a business thinking we know what they need to help their company. We're there to ask questions, to listen, and then to suggest the programs and resources that one or more of our partners can provide. We're the conduit, we're the linkage between the company or the business and the programs and resources offered by 30 plus partners right. on our economic development lead team. Right, and that, that's interesting too, in case our, we're talking about these visits and what we're doing and representing the, the chamber and impact Corey, but a lot of what we're doing is we're going and we're talking, but great point. I mean, it's one thing to be a talker, but you've also got to be an engaged listener uh, and not go in with preconceived notions of people's needs. And as you say, that that's that's what you do. That's what we do. Uh, and that that's, uh, I think, uh, a very interesting and uh, a very key part of it, uh, for sure. And, and that's what we do, a lot of things where we, after these meetings, and then it's the referrals. It's the... And the whole point of this project is a lot of these businesses don't know all the resources that are available to them. Many of them, like the the Northwest PA Beehive Network, uh, Chris Lantinen at the Edinburgh Beehive, he's the producer of this podcast. The Beehive services from all five of the colleges and universities are free. So a lot of these resources are free. They're no cost or they're low cost. And then that's what we do. We, we talk, we listen, and then make referrals. And then my specific job is to be a little more of a follow-up guy to, 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 to try to follow on to what the two of where the two of you refer people and make sure they connect and ask if they've had trouble connecting and, and that sort of thing. And if I can just add one thing mm-hmm. to that, I think that's why your uh, position at Impact Corey is very key because Dell and I are continuing to meet with businesses throughout the year. We will follow up with them initially with an email saying, here's what we discussed. Is there anything else that we missed? And try to touch base with them. But sometimes we will find that a business has not followed through on anything and they're sort of still in the same place that we left them at business-wise or just stuck at a particular point. I did meet with a larger company um, when we did the road show uh, prior to you joining the team, and I was going to touch base and come down mm-hmm. um, when we were there in May and just check in and see how everything was going. And the response was, well, you know, nothing's changed. Everything's still very challenging. So I had replied via email and said, well, how did the resources work out for you? And then there was no response. So that led me to believe that maybe they didn't follow through in the resources where if they know they're going to see you and you're in, you know, the office or you're out, you know, meeting with businesses at their place, you can check in and be like, Hey, I know that Kristen or Dell referred you to X. How's that working out? Right. So it's an extra added layer of, um, accountability or, you know, security. Right. And when we talk about referrals, we're really talking about Kristen and I will make warm handoffs. If we're mm-hmm. making a handoff to Chris at the Edinburgh Beehive, for example, we do an introductory letter. Chris meet Tina. Yes. Tina meet Chris. So it's not just saying to the company, contact the Beehive. We're setting the stage with a warm handoff so they know who they're going to be talking to at the resource partner. Right, right. And I do uh, just a, a, some quick feedback. I sat in, uh, I was invited to a meeting of the Corey Chamber of Commerce and one of their board members is one of the business owners who we've met. And I'm pleased to tell you, 
she was eager to say how many she, uh, she she couldn't even remember where all the information came from because she said oh yes i've been connected i just did a facebook seminar on some subject and i'm doing this so i hope that's a good early sign that again there will be more follow through uh, and I, I certainly was encouraged by her reaction, and it was a, it was a, she, it was, she was a good representative to have there talking to the Chamber of Commerce board, who might not know that much about what we're doing. She, she really served as an ambassador, but I think her comments came from the heart, and they were opposite, saying, "I've already been impacted in a lot of ways by this." It doesn't matter if the business is small or large. The business owner is usually very surprised at the extent of the resources that are available to him or her. Pennsylvania has a pretty broad range of economic development resources for companies of all sizes. So oftentimes they're very surprised Mm -hmm. that they can get website development for free at the Edinburgh Beehive if they qualify, for example. Right. so oftentimes they're very appreciative of the connections that we make for them. Again, not just call somebody at the Beehive, it's we're gonna introduce you to Chris, introduce Chris to you so that you can start to work together. Right, right, for sure. This episode of Transforming Small Business is sponsored by Impact Corey with financial support from the Erie County Gaming Revenue Authority and technical assistance from Penn West Edinburgh Center for Branding and Strategic Communication, part of the NWPA Innovation Beehive Network. Impact Corey, ECRA, and NWPA Beehive Network, working together to help transform small rural businesses right here in Northwest Pennsylvania. I'm going to switch gears a little bit because the two of you both have interesting uh, backgrounds, and I'd like to delve into them uh, a little bit more. Uh, and again, we've been working together a little bit now in this project and and spending time with each other as well as with the businesses. So we've gotten to know each other a little bit. And Dell, I know that you are probably best known to our listeners as being a retired vice president from the United Way of Erie County. But from talking with you, I've learned that you've done, you did a lot of interesting things before that job, and you've done a lot of interesting things since. So why don't you share some of those details? I'll just share a couple of details. Okay. Um, I did. I uh, started my career in uh, Baltimore. Like Kristen, I am a boomeranger, but I've been back much longer than I've been away. Um, I worked for Westinghouse and Black & Decker in Baltimore in marketing, moved up to uh, Corey, actually, and worked for right. Corey Hebert in, for the last two years of that company's existence, then moved back home to Erie, worked for an advertising agency, which gave me connections to the old Economic Development Corporation of Erie County, where I started my career in economic development and actually did business outreach as a full-time job in the late 90s in Erie County. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then moved on to United Way of Erie County, was involved in the startup of the community school movement, and the 211, which is the social service service equivalent of 911, uh, and then retired not realizing that retirement was not for me. So uh, I, I uh, was the interim executive director of the Center for Family Services in Meadville for eight months. We hired somebody from Meadville to run that organization. And then I was 
twiddling my thumbs, I suppose, and approached the chamber to see if they needed help with outreach, and I've been there ever since. Right. That's similar. I, I like to use the term retirement, but not with a capital R. You know, having spent 30 years at Edinburgh, now Penn West Edinburgh, I said, yes, in June 30th, I did retire from there, but it wasn't retirement with a capital R, but it didn't mean I wasn't going to be doing other things professionally as well as personally. What do they call it? The second chapter, the third chapter of your life or so, something? Something yeah. like that something like that the next act or what whatever but uh and i'm kristen i'm gonna after i ask you this question and get your answer we're gonna dell introduce me to that term boomerang or boomerang or i i'd never heard it till our last visit Mm -hmm. so so i'm gonna follow up with a, a, a on that on that boomerang or thing but kristen i was surprised to learn you grew up right here in edinburgh where we're recording this podcast today but you moved south and you worked in the hospitality industry for a number of years before returning to northwest pa so that leads me to two obvious questions what motivated you to initially move south and what ultimately brought you back? Sure. So my first move south was uh, to college, um, Widener University. Right. Just a little bit south, right? Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. And, um, you know, stayed in the Philadelphia area uh, and Delaware area for a little bit, for a little while. And honestly, it was sort of on a whim that a friend of mine and I um, moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, because I have a degree in hotel restaurant management, we Mm -hmm. are known for moving where opportunities are. Um, So I was down there for about eight years, worked for a a couple of different hotel companies, and then decided I was still going to stay in the South, but I was inching my way back up North and put myself in Northern Virginia, (laughs) still working in hotels for a few years. And then had the opportunity to work for the Virginia Restaurant Lodging and Travel Association, um, handling uh, government affairs and membership for the Northern Virginia region. So I worked from home for eight years. Wow. Um, the last three of them. Before you know, that became in vogue. Be, right. And uh, our office was in Richmond, so I was you know, where our members were in that region. And then decided, um, you know, pandemic gets kind of crazy and, you know, things start happening. I thought, well, maybe it's time to go home Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, check on my parents uh, who have both been retired for for many years and see what opportunities are out there. Um, I was able to find an opportunity at the chamber and I thought, well, I'll throw my hat into the ring and see how this works out. So... 30 years later, here I am back as a boomerang. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so excited to be back. Um, we'll be hitting my uh, just the end of my second year with the chamber in November and just really excited to be home and and helping a community that uh, I haven't been in, in in several decades and see all the good changes and all the things, you know, um, that are happening and improving. Right, right. Now, just to explain to our listeners, uh, when you represent the chambers, you told me mm-hmm. you 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 don't mention specific names of clients you've worked with and things. You're respectful of confidentiality. So, right. so we're trying to share. You know, we're trying to share some of the life of our experiences here with, without giving away identities of business owners or companies. But I have to. Dell and I just had a visit with this, the th- yes. this week. <laughs> 
He described her as a boomeranger, which I wasn't sure until I got the context of it. And then right away, he said, you've got to meet Kristen. She's a boomer. She said, she's a boomeranger too. And this business owner, and the one thing I will say is I've been, I don't know if I'm surprised, but the large number of women-owned businesses that we were quite a few of our clients to this point are businesses that are owned by women. And we we met a, another young, successful female entrepreneur yesterday, and 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 Dell uh, uh, compared her to you because she grew <laughs> up up here in Northwest PA. She moved south. This business owner went to Austin, Texas. Worked in the hospitality industry. Was a beverage manager. So there were all these commonalities toward your your kind of personal and professional story in terms of where you grew up, where you moved to, the type of work you did before you moved back. And, and she's developing very enthusiastic, uh, a particular, uh, a, a very interesting product. But yeah, I had to say that the timing was great. And it was, it was, it was that meeting in Dell that introduced me to the term boomeranger. So that's pretty cool. And if you keep your eyes and ears open, there are a lot of boomerangers in Erie. And if you read the media, a lot of people are returning home to smaller communities after starting their careers in major metro areas. Mm -hmm. And like our client said yesterday that we met with Tony, yes, she loves the pace up here. Yes. Oh, yeah. And yes. the connections also. Yes. It was very, she, she, when she prefaced that comment, she wanted to make sure she knew she wasn't being negative or disrespectful. She's just saying, I just enjoy the somewhat more calm pace. I, I will second that. Um, so I guess the first four or five years I was in Northern Virginia, um, I was commuting um, I think about 14 miles and it would take me about an hour. <laughs> right. And so traffic here is delightful. Mm -hmm. I'm not at the point. They're like, just you wait, wait, you're going to start complaining about beach jam, Kristen. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> so I haven't gotten to that point yet, but the other, the other great advantage. And I, I think this goes along with small businesses as well. The cost of living. And the cost that uh, it takes to start a business here versus in one of those other metropolitan areas. And because we are a close-knit community, you know, I think there's more attention on a business opening rather than a larger, you know, metropolitan area where they could sort of be lost in a sea of businesses. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of good advantages, I think, to, to opening here. Right. Now, in, 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 in covering your, your personal salvos here, you've touched on this a little bit, but I think, you know, the, the, there's no doubt everybody's life blends personal and professional, and they're all kind of factors that go into where somebody chooses to, to locate. So as a follow-up, I'll ask one more easy question. Um, what is it that you like the most and maybe traffic's it, or maybe Kristen will think of another thing. We'll start with Dell. We'll give Kristen time to to think about there's if there's something she likes better, e even better than not having to deal with traffic jams like she did in other parts of the country. But what is it, Dell, that you like the most about working and living here in the region? I think one of the things I like the most is the connections that you make and maintain because it makes it easier to do things. It makes it easier for me to do the work that I do for the chamber because I know so many people now. Mm -hmm. uh, in a small town, 
you can get to know a lot of people at all levels. And that's helpful when you're trying to do something on behalf of a client. But in addition to that, you know, I've always been a hometown boy. I love living in uh, Baltimore for 17 years, but it was time to come home, just like Kristen said. Mm -hmm. uh, so the connections, the ease of living up here, having family up here, that's all very important to me. Right, right, right. Understood, understood. Kristen, other than the traffic, what we won't let you, other than the traffic, what do you really like about living and working here? Well, I agree with a lot of what Dell just said. It is really nice to have a lot of connections. And the interesting thing is, I did have a handle of, a handful of friends and family when I moved back. But I, the amount of new people that I have met in the short time I have been here has been amazing. And we always like to say there's like a one degree of separation in Erie County mm -hmm. because a lot of people that I have met uh, knew my dad at the university or maybe had my mom in preschool. And mm -hmm. so they're, you know... And I'm connecting with people in different ways or someone that knows just, you know, one other person, again, the one degree of separation. So it's really nice to you're seeing the same people probably on a personal and professional level at some degrees, um, you know. There's a lot of different clubs and entities that people belong to. So we're running into, you know, people throughout the weekend that we're probably working with during the week. Mm hmm. For sure, for sure. Uh, before we close, I'd like to swing the conversation, not that we've moved away completely, talked about some personal stuff, but as I said, it all relates. But I'd like to turn the conversation back to regional economic development, which is really what we're all involved in. I've lived here now in the region for more than 30 years. And I, I have to be honest, for almost 25 of those, I would roll my eyes whenever someone talked about reinventing Erie from an economic perspective, because to me, it just, it seemed like a wish or a dream. But more recently, um, I feel like there really are a convergence of forces coming together to actually make a lot of that happen. And I know when I interviewed your CEO, James Grunke, for the, the Buzz Generated podcast uh, back when I was with the Edinburgh Beehive, he told me that he would not have taken this job if he didn't think that was the case. So again, this questions both of you. This time we'll start with uh, Kristen and then we'll move to you, Dell. Do you share James's optimism in terms of this idea of reinventing Erie being more than just a wish or dream? I do. Um, I was pleasantly surprised um, when I came back because up until my, my move, I might be up for a couple of holidays, um, but I wasn't really experiencing all of the things that were going on in Erie because I was dealing with family or were entertaining family and my parents or whatnot. And I think everything that's going on, not just in the downtown area, but throughout the county, I mean, my my mother is from Corey. My my grandfather right. had a hardware right. store there years ago. They're long gone. So I'm glad you got that in there. <laughs> yes, Johnson Brothers Hardware. Only a couple people, or you have to be a certain age <laughs> to even know that. Um, but just seeing, you know, how Corey has reinvented and all of the businesses opening up again has been fantastic. Um, you know, having the marquee come back on at the Warner has been fantastic. Some mm -hmm. of the shops that are coming in into Edinburgh, um, 
it's just been really exciting because I think small towns or smaller areas are becoming really popular. Um, you know, since the pandemic, people are are ready to kind of get out of these crowded situations in larger cities, and there's just more to come. I think we're just at the tip of the iceberg here. Okay. Dell? I left Erie in the mid-70s, came back in 91, and while I was gone, I used to think to myself— why can't Erie get its act together? Because we have so many great things here. Kristen mentioned some of them, mm-hmm. and yet we didn't see a whole lot happening. Uh, but James is right. There is a new momentum really being led by the private sector, which really is the key to success in any community. Uh, and there is hope. And we're seeing it from downtown. We're seeing it in Cory. We're seeing it in West County. It's good to see all of that. Uh, because this is my home. I like seeing the success that we're having. And Kristen is right. What is happening in downtown Cory is absolutely phenomenal. It's very impressive to see. I lived in Cory from 91 to 93. And downtown Cory was a shadow of what it is today. Downtown Cory in the early 90s, just a shadow of today's Cory. And as we talked about earlier, so many of these businesses are women-owned. Yes. And they're leading the charge in sure. many ways. The Downtown Cory Business Association is phenomenal. Right, right, for sure, for sure. Well, uh, the one question that I always ask in closing of our guests is if there's anything else you'd like to share with our listeners. The one thing I was going to sneak in, I'm delighted Kristen got it in there without having to have the extra question that she's had a grandma on Corey or mom grew up in Corey. So I knew that about her, uh, but I'm glad you got that in. Is there anything else, anything we might not have really touched on that you'd like to share as your, your closing, uh, your closing uh, shot? Dell, we'll start with you. For your listeners out there, if they're, if they own a business and want to talk to either one of us, give the chamber a call or go to the website And even if you don't own a business, if you have a family member or friend who has a business and perhaps you are aware that perhaps they're struggling or they face some challenges or they have opportunities, but they don't know how to pursue those opportunities, just call the chamber. We'll come out and meet with them. There's absolutely no cost for Mm -hmm. one of us coming out to their business, sitting down with them for 30 to 45 minutes and asking a few per pertinent questions, and then listening to to their responses so that we can then introduce some programs and resources that might help them solve that issue or pursue that opportunity. It's free, it's confidential, and we'll meet with anybody in Erie County. Yes, you do not need to be a member of the chamber. Great point. I always say any business, any size, any time, any location in Erie County, um, and, and Dell is right. We, we are happy to sit down with you. And the rule, kind of the unwritten rule, is we will give anybody an hour of our time. Um, because say we do have somebody coming into town that may have relocated for a job. Uh, maybe their spouse is looking to, you know, um, either start a job or just need some assistance. And we are happy to help wherever we can. Cool, cool. Well, Kristen Carfelt and Del Birch, thanks to you both for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, Tony.
You've been listening to Transforming Small Business, a podcast sponsored by Impact Corey, funded by the Erie County Gaming Revenue Authority, and released through Penn West Edinburgh Center for Branding and Strategic Communication. Thank you to our guests for sharing their expertise and to you, our listeners, for taking the time to learn about small rural businesses with us. Special thanks also go to Corey Indie Group Slim and Red for our music. Consider subscribing if you like this episode to get more as soon as they drop. And if you really enjoyed it, jump over to Apple Podcasts for a five-star review. Thank you for listening.